Holy Spirit has been compelling people to obedience. That's what it is. This is not the sign of a great church. It's not the sign of a great pastor or even a great guest speaker. The Holy Spirit of God has been compelling people to obedience. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. We'd like to welcome you to the One Cry podcast today. I'm Kyle Reno. With me is Bill Eliff, and we're honored to be on this journey with you. It's been a lot of fun so far. I tell you, the Lord is uh, helping us to see a lot of different things, and and we've heard some great stories of what God's doing across the country. Yeah. But I've got a good story for you, Kyle, today. So, <laughs> Bring, I've already heard this. So this <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, my wife Holly was gone, and I just I decided... <laughs> I was going to make some no-bake cookies. Oh, you know these boy. cookies that have oatmeal and yeah. chocolate, you know, and they're you can try to drop them on a... I do know uh, of them. Uh, they're, they're unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just like a little slice of heaven. So I was making these no-bake cookies, and I had this recipe. I was trying to do sugar-free no-bake cookies. Yeah, that's big. And I didn't have all the ingredients, <laughs> oh, but boy. there was some stuff in the pantry that kind of looked like some of that other stuff. <laughs> So it looked like I thought, how how different could this be? Oh boy! You know, so a couple of ingredients I kind of substituted some other stuff, and and I got it all boiled up, you know. And then you take it and you put it on the uh, the wax paper, and I couldn't wait for it to harden up. I just took a spoon and and ate that first cookie. Yeah. It was the nastiest <laughs> thing I have ever put. You pulled in off my, the no bake, no, uh, no, no bake, no cookie, no taste, <laughs> and and I literally took the that wax paper with all those cookies yeah. on it and just dumped the entire batch in the in the trash can. Yeah. So you got to get the right ingredients. That's right. And today uh, we're beginning uh, a little seven part series on the podcast. Right where we talk about seven of the primary components mm. in real spiritual awakening and revival. Honesty, humility, forgiveness, repentance, the role of scripture, the role of prayer, right. and the role of testimony or mm. sharing your stories. And, and today we start, Kyle, uh, with the foundation. We start right, right where Jesus started, right. that unless you're poor in spirit, right. Uh, you recognize your spiritual poverty or, or what we would call humility. Talk to us about that for a minute. Yeah. Man, you look across redemptive history and there's this one characteristic that always comes to the top that you find in any man or woman of God that is used in a real move of God, this underlying humility mm -hmm. that deep inside of them is not just talk about humility. There's this characteristic that's just pouring out of them. It's bubbling to the surface. And honestly, I, I think that we're really aware of the word. <laughs> we don't we don't really know what it looks like in the hearts of, of ourselves and others. And I think we're probably dangerously familiar. And I think what the Lord wants us to get to, and even today as you're listening, like what does humility look like right here in my own heart? And there's some good news. God has made some very specific promises to the humble. It says in 2 Samuel 22, verse 28, you save a humble people. Hear that now. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty 
to bring them down. So get this now. God actively moves on behalf of the humble to help them. That's one response to humility. God actively moves on behalf of the humble to help them. Anybody need help today? Like anybody listening that needs help? Well, God's saying, well, if you want help, humble, humble yourself. But it also makes another promise. There's the other edge of that sword. God actively moves against the haughty to hinder them. He opposes, we know scripture says, he opposes the proud. And it's not because God hates the proud person per se. He hates the pride displayed in that person because he knows it's moving them toward perishing. Pride declares a lot. Pride says a lot, and it says a lot to God. One thing it says very loudly to God is, I got this. Pride says, I am self-sufficient. Pride is saying, think about this now. Pride is saying to the sovereign God of the universe, I'm smart enough to do this. Pride is saying, I'm good enough on my own. Pride is really saying, I think I can be God. Pride is say, screaming into the face of the Almighty, I think I can pull off your role in this whole story. And to which God says, good luck with that. That that's never going to end well for you. But humility also declares something to God. Humility says to God in a, in a very broken voice, I need you. <laughs> I need help. Humility says to God declaratively, I'm dependent upon you. It's not just what I'm saying in my vocally, but it's saying in my posture as well. I need wisdom. Humility at its very heart is saying, I am not God. You are. I'm totally dependent upon you in every way. Here's, here's some truths about humility. A humble spirit seeks help, but pride seeks self. A humble spirit seeks help. It's continually dependent upon the Lord, but pride seeks its own good that it can do it. The Bible says this kind of thought is there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Now, there's a lot of good news that comes with humility and should make us desire to actually pursue it. That true humility comes with a promise. Listen to another passage of Scripture. James 4.10 says this, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Now, humility isn't so that we spend the rest of our lives groveling before God. It's not that God's wanting to push our face into the dirt and never, never let us lift our eyes. But God knows something that we need to know. And it's very, it's very much a part of positioning yourself for a real move of God for revival. God knows that when we get the right heart, that he can raise us up into the right role. That when we get the right spirit, that we're ready then to see something happen. That pride just wants to climb the ladder. Humility comes in low and lets God raise them up at the right time. Pride seeks the platform, but humility seeks the person of Jesus. I think it's our responsibility to posture our heart. It's God's responsibility to assign our platform, to show us what part he has for us in the kingdom of God. Now, if I could just talk to you for a second, I hope there's pastors out there that are listening to this today and pastors that will become aware of this podcast because we, we, we're pastors and we're wrestling through this thing the same way you are. 
But I, I, I find with me, uh, there's struggle within me to, to what radar do I want to be on? Do I want to be on man's radar? Do I want to be seen by man or do I want to be on God's? If I want to be on man, the way that I present myself to the world will be very different. What I'm passionate about will be fueled by pride. But if I want to be on God's radar, if I, if I want to be positioned so that God sees me when he's looking for someone to use, to speak to, to be a part of his work in the world, then the spirit within will be humble. That our, my passions will align with his purposes. That I'm not looking to be known. I, I, we got this prayer around our church that we pray often like, God, would you keep us off of man's radar? Because we want to be on yours. Like that we wouldn't seek self, that we want to seek the glory of God. I, I think it's true, and I learned this from a leader a long time ago, that when you seek the office or you seek the position, you may get it. You may get it. But when you, you won't be ready for it. You may climb the ladder and find out that it's not what you really thought it was. But if you seek after the Lord, he's really good at raising you up. He's really getting you in the right spot to see the right kind of things happen. Here's a promise. God will raise up the humble in heart according to his great plan. That God will raise up the humble at heart. Now, that's good news for us personally and for you personally, but it's also good news for us as a people. Here's the promise, one of the most famous revivalistic passages of Scripture in 2 Chronicles 7.14. says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven <clears throat> and forgive their sin and hear, heal their land. So the first move that we can make toward the promise of revival is to humble ourselves. That's the first move. That's why we're starting here today in these seven responses. Now, listen, if you've lived long enough, like me, you've been humbled in a few different ways, I'm sure. Uh, you can be humbled in life. Anybody ever been humbled just because you live long enough and life will humble you? Anybody ever had to eat crow before? That's what we used to say in Alabama. Like you, you said something and it didn't play out and you had to come back around and, and eat crow. I remember Andy Griffin, you know, he used to say that. How do you fit that big old foot all the way in your mouth? You know, kind of moment. Anybody ever had that black eye that you, you made a lot of promises and it didn't play out and you did it in your pride and, you know, that, that life will humble you. If you're a follower of Christ, the Lord will sure humble you. I, I remember times that I've stepped up on stage. If you're a preacher, I bet you've been here before and you didn't prepare like you should have and you weren't desperate for God like you needed to be. And the Lord let you walk out there on your own. Anybody ever done that? Come on now. If you're on the other side of this, head nod at least if you've been there. That moment where you, you, the Lord humbled you and showed you you don't have what it takes. But I think that God is looking for something more proactive. Not just when we're humbled in life or he has to humble us, but that we would humble ourselves. Because here's, here's the truth. The truly humble have learned how to consistently humble themselves before the Lord. The truly humble have learned how to humble themselves before the Lord. I, I got a promise for you. According to Scripture, and anytime you study a move of God, you show me where the fire of revival is, where the movement of God is, and I bet you I can find in the hearts of somebody, someone that's learned how to humble themselves consistently, that they got patterns and practices in their life where they come before God. They've learned how to come low 
so that God can use them greatly. I've heard story after story where there's the power of God. I find a person that's positioned in humility, that they've sat a long time on the front porch with God, that they've spent the morning and end the night on their knees before God, that they got these spiritual rhythms that help them say to the Lord what is true and they're, they're coming to agree with. I need you and I need you now and I'll need you tomorrow and I'll need you every other day. So what I sense in what God's doing even now in our nation, uh, that there's this moment. And I think that we got to start where it starts. It's time to humble ourselves before the Lord, not merely to talk about humility, but to learn what that looks like in our everyday lives. Kyle, everything you just said, I'm glad this is recorded because <laughs> I want to go back and listen to, to that over and over again uh, because it's the key. I mean, it's just the foundation for everything and so well said. And as you were talking, I was my Bible just happened to be open to Psalm 131. And it says, O Lord, verse 1, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rests against his mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord. So, you know, they're just... It's so fascinating that it doesn't say, let God humble you. <laughs> As you said, it says, humble yourself. And I just don't want us to miss uh, what you pointed out, that that begins by sitting before the Lord. Right. I mean, you get this is why Isaiah, you know, cried out, woe is me, mm-hmm. is because you see yourself in position Right. Uh, you're postured before the great God of heaven and earth, and right. then we see our weakness, our need, mm-hmm. our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Del Faisenfeld used to just say that humility is admitting your sin and acknowledging your need. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've got to do, isn't that's it? That's right. I mean, it's not, it's not something others do to us. Right. And I know just practically, uh, Kyle, one of the things we've talked about around here at our church, at yeah. the Summit Church, is we want to have such a honest environment right. among our colleagues and mm. and other brothers and sisters in Christ that we can call each other out. Right. You know, I just I want to say mm-hmm. to my friends, hey, if you see pride, pride. Uh, I may not see it. Yeah. Yeah. When you see pride. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you see pride in me, yeah. just call a little time out yeah. and love me enough to tell yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, like you said, it's not just. Uh, you know, humility is good and proud is bad. It's when you are proud, you're going, it's destructive. destructive. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. you know, riding a bike uphill, you're either going up or you're going down. Right. There's no middle ground That's on this, right. this thing. And you're looking, man, I'm telling you, you're mm-hmm. watching the Lord do this in the life of so many leaders right now. Oh, you know, yeah. we've, we got Galilee's testimony, you mm-hmm. know, and, and even recently we just captured, you know, and we're going to share today this report of what God is doing yeah. in Northwest Arkansas with Nick Floyd. And, and the God started moving in his heart desperate to see 
a move of God. So part of our podcast, you know, every mm-hmm. week is to spend some time in some revival truth, mm-hmm. but to hear some reports mm-hmm. about what God is doing. So let's take a few minutes together and you're going to be blown away by what the Lord is doing in Northwest Arkansas. Well, I am joined uh, today by Nick Floyd, the senior pastor at Cross Church. Nick, we are honored to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, Nick, listen, I want to jump right to it because I think there's things that God can share through you about his work there at Cross Church that'd be a great encouragement to a lot of people. So tell us a little bit about this moment that recently happened in the life of your church uh, that was really, in a lot of ways, shaping future direction of your church that's changing the the life of of the church so just share with us man what god's doing there yeah well it uh it's a god story i mean it really is and that i know pastors say that and try to do the humble card there but i mean this one's this one's there's no doubt you know who's who's been running the show here um it really began um two months ago almost to the day of it was a wednesday night uh, college service. So we have a Wednesday night, you know, college Bible study in, at our Fable campus. And um, Spirit of God fell and they saw something like 30, I can't remember the number now, 30 plus baptisms that night. Um, we had been praying for Sunday and we had invited Robbie Gallaty, who Robbie at Long Hollow up in uh, the Nashville area had really been experiencing a move of God. And so I'd invited Robbie and he actually turned me down. It's kind of the funny part of the story. <laughs> he turned me down. And uh, and then probably two weeks later, text me and says, man, did you ever feel that, that that Sunday? I'd ask him to speak on a Sunday morning, then come and preach also at our men's conference that night. And he said, man, I really feel like God's told me I need to, I need to come there. I said, well, no, we haven't finished it. You know, why don't you, why don't you come, come and do it? And so uh, we just really prepped our people and said, we, we just want to encourage you to bring people. We're going to experience the Lord move on this day. Robbie's got a great story. He's going to share it with you. And that was kind of the plea. And so Robbie comes and gives a very simple gospel message and invites people to be saved and to be baptized immediately. And for those who had never been baptized after their salvation, to be obedient to God immediately. And so, man, I, I've never seen anything like it. Um, I followed him. We did it the 8 o'clock at Fayetteville campus, the 9.30 at Springdale campus, the 11 o'clock at Pinnacle Hills. And, man, just people just flooded. And so mm-hmm. I think that morning we baptized exactly 150 people, like right on the dot. That's awesome. Um, which was nuts. And then we had our men's conference that that night. And I kind of told the, the, the men before Robbie spoke that morning, I was like, listen, by the time that Robbie's done today, you're going to see why you need to come tonight. I didn't have any idea really why. <laughs> yeah, you, right. But uh, so he did a very similar thing that night and called for men to be baptized that night. And so we saw, I think it was 61 that night, men and teenage boys. Um, and so it was 211 people in one day. And, and it, it's just it's just flowed throughout the weeks, not even only on Sundays, but through the weeks, people calling the church me like, listen, I've been battling this for years. I need to be obedient and need to do it like today. Wow. And so people, I mean, when people are calling the church, <laughs> asking to obey God, this is the easiest ministry in some ways I've ever done. Like, like wow. it's just Holy spirit move. 
And, uh, and so here we are almost eight weeks to the day. And I just looked at it yesterday to look at something else. And there've been 506 people baptized in the last two months. And so I've never, I've never seen anything like it. I've never been a part of anything like it. I, I can tell you who's not responsible. It's it's this guy. I mean, it is a Holy Spirit move. And I, every time I tell the story, I just try to get that across because that's the real truth. This is not some right. emotional conjured up thing. And I know anytime you see a church with big numbers like that at times, you know, okay, well, they must be preaching a shallow gospel. <laughs> Cynicism comes out or they must be, it must be a big emotional pull, man. All I know is for people who were there on May 2nd and who've been a part of this movement, they'll tell you it's a genuine move of God. It really is. So that's, that's the snapshot yeah. of the story. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying is, is so true. And I actually came to Christ in a move of God uh, in 99 mm-hmm. at Gardner First Baptist. Uh, Steve Gaines was a pastor yeah. there and, and the Lord moved in power and hundreds came into the kingdom and were baptized in, in short windows of time. And when you're in the real thing, you know it, you know, oh, yeah. there, there's, there's no denying it. And just, hearing and watching from a distance uh nick just i mean what has it felt like man to just sit there in that moment you know like on that sunday watching through those services as a pastor just sitting there and watching the holy spirit of god draw people to jesus and draw people to obedience man just your heart for a minute just as a pastor and to other pastors just say what has it been like sitting in this and what is it doing in you like what is it doing in your life and I've heard you make some conclusions, you know, coming out of this season for what what this is going to mean for you moving forward. So just tell us what it's felt like for you personally and maybe some some uh, stake in the ground kind of surrenders that you've made moving yeah, forward. Sure. Well, I think uh, I think any pastor would say, man, I, I want to see a move of God in my lifetime like we you read about revivals or awakenings, and it's always kind of that thing out there that you almost seem to always long for, but rarely experience is how it's, it's how it felt to me of like, man, okay, I, I want to see it, but will I ever see it? And, uh, and so I think now that we're in the middle of it, or now that we're, we're seeing God do what he, he's done and is doing, it's just the mindset of, I don't know that I want to do it any other way. Um, you know, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you've tasted you know, church as normal doesn't cut it anymore. Um, I, I walked into our staff uh, meeting the day after. So it was May 2nd. And I we came in the next day after kind of the beginning of the revival. And I said, I said, May 1st church won't suffice any longer. Nice like our people have seen a genuine move of God. And so, um, you know, I heard Robbie say something. This is kind of to the second part of your question there. I heard Robbie say a statement of the Holy Spirit has just been compelling people to obedience. Mm-hmm. And man, that stuck with me. And so the, if you say, well, Nick, what, what has happened the last two months at Cross Church? The Holy Spirit has been compelling people to obedience. That's what it is. This is not the sign of a great church. It's not the sign of a great pastor or even a great guest speaker. The Holy Spirit of God has been compelling people to obedience. And so, you know, as far as one of those stakes in the ground, I don't know that I'll ever pray in the same way. Um, Because I feel like you're praying with power when you're like, Holy Spirit, would you compel that person to blank, whatever it is? Um, 
And so I think it's, it's, it's changed some stuff for me in that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, man, it's just, it's, it's been a fun journey to be a part of. It really has been. Right. Yeah. I think, man, the conclusion you just made there, honestly, wouldn't you rather it be known as we have a great God instead of a great church, a great pastor. Yeah. yeah great leadership skills. Now, man, look at God's on the move. Like yeah. as, as Chronicle of Narnia, Aslan is yeah. on the move yeah. in your church. And, and just seeing that, you, you're right. Revival ruins people. Your church is in the best way possible ruined. Yeah. Now, that they're going yeah. along for the real thing. And you are, you know, yeah. you are. And so, man, just, just maybe one move in front that that statement, the May 1st church won't sur- suffice anymore coming into May 3rd you know, with your staff and team, what, what's changed as you just look at your week now, you know, and how you're, how you're praying and looking toward gatherings and moving toward the city and stuff. Like what's maybe just a practical encouragement, like out of it, because I, I, leaders want handles, you know, and try to make it. And and we do some weird stuff with that, man. We just do, we're, we're trying to control again. But sure. what the scripture shows us is no, it's positioning. Yeah. Like you just posture your life and position your life. And the, yeah. and the Lord has a way of sending the wind where the sails are up. Sure. You know, so how, how, are, how's that playing out for you and how are you learning to lead like that? Cause that's a different way of leading. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it, uh, I really felt the pressure to be like just real transparent on this appropriate yeah. for a podcast that other people are going to listen to, but here we go. Yeah, so um, good. I felt the pressure to continue the move of God, which, you know, all of us would look at that statement and say, well, duh, you can't, but I guarantee every pastor has felt it before. Um, so, so when we come to May 9th, Lord, if you don't move, I'm going to look like the biggest idiot ever after we just saw God move. And, uh, it was actually Manly Beasley's son, who Manly was a revivalist, as you know. Yeah. His son Jonathan is on our staff. Oh wow! And so I was I was at lunch with Jonathan, kind of in the midst of this, and I told him, I said, "Man, I just I, I feel like just the weight of and the burden of continuing the move of God, even though I know I can't continue the move of God." And he said it in a great way. He said, "You know, you can uh, basically you all you can do is position yourself on the wave." He talked about, you know, when you go to the beach, you go boogie board and that was a little surfboard mm-hmm. things. If you catch the wave just right, you don't do anything. The wave mm-hmm. just carries you all the way to the shore. And I think the pressure that I felt was I felt like I had to carry a wave, which is a dumb picture when you think about it. Like I can't carry a wave, but I can position myself and I can try to position the church to uh, to just keep riding the wave. And so mm-hmm. Practically how that's played out, we're praying together as a staff every Thursday at 1.30. And it's just, you know, I'm not coercing people. You know, the whole staff doesn't come, but I'm just sending it out every week. Hey, we're going to be praying at the chapel at this time. We'd love to have you come. So we'll spend moments in silence before the Lord. We'll uh, we'll pray about various things. So those are a few things that have just yeah kind of been birthed out of this that may be helpful to other people. No doubt. Nick, thank you, man, for taking some time today to share what God's doing in your church. And I just, I pray that you keep surfing the wave of the spirit and what God's doing there. I feel like right now, and you're talking about Robbie and, and there's Nathan in Houston uh, area. And man, there's these little fires that are popping up. Sure. 
all over. And I think that we're seeing in this in, in invading darkness that God's raising up light. And, yeah. y- and y'all are one of them there, man. So I'm praying for you. Uh, Thanks, grateful for you, what God's doing there. And hopefully uh, we'll have more and more pastors that are coming on and are yeah. sharing these similar stories all over. And then we could all back away from it going not to us, but to your name, yeah. Lord, is all Absolutely. the glory. So, right man, have a great day. And hopefully this is a great, I know it's a great encouragement to people that are watching this podcast. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Well, wow, that is a, a tremendous mm-hmm. story of what the Lord is doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, what excites me about that, Kyle, is is the day when we hear every pastor in every church yeah, yeah. telling stories like this. And, and you know, back to our uh, topic for the day of humility, uh, I, I've often said I can ask you one question. Mm-hmm that tells me whether or not you're walking in humility or pride. Mm. And that's this. How much do you pray? Right. I mean, if if you can go a day or a week or a month without praying, it's just a clear indication you think you can live your life without God. Right. And I think this is what we heard from Nick is yeah. he's, he's desperate. Yeah. I mean, things have changed. <laughs> he's realizing what uh, a fresh... What we need to realize and live in all the time. That's exactly right. That we've got to have God, which means we've got to read his word. Mm-hmm. We've got to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And we have got to pray. That's exactly right. Yeah. And he's not going back. That's yeah. what, if I got out anything out of that interview with Nick is like he has crossed the line here in his faith, in his yeah. leadership, his personal life. And, yeah. and he's desperate for this. Revival ruins you. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah. And he's ruined and his churches in the best way. Yeah, possible. So it's exciting to see. Yeah. Amen. Well, we're so glad you joined us today and got to hear this truth. And uh, I, I want to encourage you to think about uh, as you turn off the radio or quit watching the podcast, this question, okay, Lord, how do I need to humble myself? How do I need to get in this posture? What steps do I, maybe it's so simple as just saying, I've got to come before you and spend more time in your presence. I've got to get with other people and get honest mm-hmm. about things. So so it'd be tragic if you if you heard this today and didn't make an adjustment in your life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we always want to do is just kind of pray this in. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, we ask you to join with us yeah. and uh, let's pray for just a moment. Yeah. Father, I just uh, I thank you so much for this reminder of the foundational way that we enter into your presence. Lord, you you said in the scripture that you dwell in two places, in a high and holy place and with a humble and the contrite of heart. And Lord, we want to be right there uh, where we can hear you and know you and and understand that you're the creator and we're the creature and we know the difference. So I pray for, for, Lord, just a wave of humility, yes. just fresh humility all across among pastors and, and believers and in churches, uh, leaders across our nation. Father, we just pray, uh, Father, we would humble ourselves under the mighty hand Lord. of God afresh. Lord, I agree. And start here in mm-hmm. me, start right. in each listener today. God, just help us to get past any kind of plastic religious uh, response and to really get before you, God. 
and, and humble our hearts, Lord. I, I just pray for moments, moments in your presence where our pride becomes very real to us. God, our self-sufficiency and any place in our hearts, Lord, that is, that is putting us in opposition. That's right. That's put, that, that makes us haughty in your eyes. God, so help us to see that, Lord, and to be broken over it, Lord. And then, Lord, let us have in us, create in us a clean heart. Mm-hmm. God, creating us a heart that is humble, that's dependent. And Lord, I pray that that would come like rivers of living water for people. Right. God, that we would find that, Lord, I pray that every listener would find so much life mm-hmm. in the humbling of their hearts. <laughs> they would find mm-hmm. so much joy, God, because that right there, Lord, is where it really begins, God. So mm-hmm. I pray you'd bless people today with that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so thrilled you joined us today for the One Cry podcast. And um, boy, I, I want to challenge you to go back and think about what do I need to do to humble myself mm. before the Lord? What steps do I need to take? Maybe it's spending time in His presence. Uh, maybe it's doing a little spiritual inventory. And if you go to onecry.com, our website, you can even start a seven-day revival journey that will start right there. It will, it will help you. Uh, take these steps very practically. And as you're watching or listening to the podcast, we want to encourage you to like or subscribe uh, and share this with others that you may know that might need this truth today. Our featured resource uh, in these weeks is the One Cry book, A Nationwide Call for Spiritual Awakening. And in this book, uh, we talk about six of the primary principles of revival that everybody needs to understand Mm -hmm. so that we can cooperate and not resist the movement of God. So you can find that on the One Cry website and purchase it there. Again, just thank you for being here, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you next week. 